grace and peace to you. My name is Dwayne. I'm one of the pastors here. And if it's your first time here, we hope you have found your church home. We'd be honored to be your church. And if it's your first time in a while, we're glad you're back. If it's your first time and you're looking for a pastor, I'd be honored and to be your pastor. And so welcome to Cathedral of the Rockies. We're glad you're here. We are not the perfect church, which means you can join. If we were the perfect church, you couldn't join, right? Because we would mess it up. So we're not the perfect church, so there's room for everybody. We're glad you're here, and we'll make space for you. Um, We're in the series that's called The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry. And Dallas Willard, who was a philosopher at uh, the University of Southern California, famously said these words, hurry is a great enemy of the spiritual life in our day. You must ruthlessly eliminate hurry from your life. Wow. Corey Tinboom, a survivor of the Holocaust, said, If the devil can't make you sin, he'll make you hurry, busy. Carl Jung put it like this hurry is not of the devil, hurry is the devil. We have a love of all things fast. When the Apostle Paul attempted to teach the church what it meant to be in relationship and what it meant to be a person or a community of love, he said this, love is patient. Aren't you glad that he didn't say love's in a hurry? Love's fast. Love's never never quite got enough energy. I mean, love is patient. Just let that, think of all the weddings you've gone to where that's been read and just let that sink in. Love is patient. It takes time. Oh, you may feel love in that moment, like in that moment when you stand together and you pledge your love to each other. You may feel like there's love there and there's the beginning of love, but love is patient. It, it'll take seasons to grow. Wow. Psychologists and mental health professionals are now talking about an epidemic in our world. Not COVID-19, but an epidemic they call hurry sickness. Here's the definition. A behavior pattern characterized by continually rushing and anxiousness. Do you see yourself at all? Maybe here's another one. A malaise in which a person feels chronically short of time gets frustrated when encountering any kind of delay. You say, I I call that Monday, right? (laughs) How do you know if you suffer from hurry sickness? The authors of the book called The Time Cure say, here are the symptoms of hurry sickness. When you move from one checkout to the other because that line seems faster. Confession is good for the soul. Anyone in here? Hurry sickness? Yep, we got a few. That's all right. I'm Dwayne. I'm a hurrier. Um, When you count the cars in front of you when you're in multiple lanes at the light to figure out which lane is going faster. Hurry sickness. When you are multitasking to the point of forgetting the original task. Hurry sickness. These are a couple of my own. When you stand in front of the microwave and you wonder, why does it take so long? (laughs) And you're only counting down a minute, right? Or when you've flown all the way across country and you're frustrated, you know, in three hours we fly halfway across the country and then you're frustrated at the 10 minutes it takes to get off the plane. It's like, have these people never flown? 
Or when you've texted the one you love, you've sent them a text, and 30 seconds later, you're like, what's wrong? Are they dead? Why haven't they replied? I sent you a text. We suffer from hurry sickness. Oh, here's one last one. When you come to worship to give God your best, and you're wondering, how long is he going to talk today? Never, never. That's right. We suffer from hurry sickness. We believe fast is better. We believe slow, slow is not good. I mean, read the, uh, the reviews of restaurants. It, people say the food was great, but the service was slow. Slow is not good. We're a distracted, anxious, tired people. It was 1879 when Edison invented the light bulb. And up to that moment in American history, the average person slept, oh, get this, 11 hours a night. Wow. Today, the average American sleeps seven hours a night. And some of you are going, I wish. Wow. With the ability to watch TV wherever we go in the midst of a pandemic, there's not only hurry sickness, now there's entertainment anxiety where you run into a friend and they say, have you watched? And you go, oh, no. A whole nother series that I'm behind on. Have you watched Atypical, Shit's Creek, The Night Manager, Call the Midwife, Ted Lazar, The Man in the High Tower? And we go, I can't keep up. There's too much to watch. Why do you think our phones buzz all the time? We live in a world created for addiction. And here's the point. In an overbusy, hurried life, speed, the new normal is toxic. A hurried life is toxic. One recent survey, this was just before the pandemic, said 39% of Americans felt more anxious this year than last year. Can you imagine after the pandemic, in the pandemic? Wow. Yet Jesus comes and says to us in Matthew chapter 16, verse 26, and what do you benefit if you gain the whole world but lose your soul, is there anything worth more than your soul? You might remember the story years ago. It was told of, of a, a British traveler that was headed into Africa. As he headed into Africa, he did all the things you did in those days. He hired porters to carry all the equipment. And the first day, they went fast. They made time. They got into the jungle. They had a restless night of sleep. And the next morning when the, the Englishman got up and he tried to get all the porters going, they kind of wouldn't have anything to do with it. When he got them coffee and he conjoled them and even bribed them to, let's get moving, they wouldn't go. Their response was, we have to wait here for our souls to catch up to our bodies. We live in a world where we seldom let our soul catch up to our bodies. Hurry is a threat to love, to spirit, and to life. And yet Jesus comes into our world and says in Matthew chapter 11, Lane gave us a hint, verse 28. Let's put these words up on the screen. And would you read these holy words with me? Let's read them together. Come to me, all who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, 
For I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Maybe just let the echo of that text meet you right where you are. Come to me. All who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your soul, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. What's the solution to this hurry that we live, that we feel that we're caught up in, and to some extent, we love? What's the solution? I mean, could we, should we just all pray, God, could you make the day 30 hours so we'd have a 30-hour day? Do you think that would help our hurried life, or do you think we would just fill it with more stuff that we can't keep up with? The solution isn't more time. The solution is leaning into how we were made. If we go to the beginning of the scriptures, you go to Genesis. In Genesis, when we get the story of creation, we're told God took the dust of the earth and created us. We're made from dust, but we're also made in the image of God. We're limited because we're dust. I love the Psalms that says, God remembers that we are dust. And then we are full of possibilities because we're made in the image of God. And both of these are gifts. How do we lean into the possibilities and lean into the limited reality of our life? John Mark Comer, who writes a book under this title, The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry, says, what if our limitations are not something to fight, but to gratefully accept as a signpost of God's call on our souls? Hear it again. What if our limitations are not something to fight, but to gracefully accept as a signpost to God's call on our souls? I mean, part of the challenge of growing older is we run up against the limitations. I, uh, you may know I, I, I post my runs when I run on Mondays and Fridays, and some, I have some friends say, why do you post your run? I do it for my own accountability, but I do it for humility. If you notice the time... It's a slow mile. Some would say a fast walk, all right? I'm not setting any speed records. And as I get older, it seems like it gets slower all the time. The key is I want to keep moving. I want to keep moving. That's the goal. We run up against our limitations. Part of life is, I mean, I, I, mean, I will never be president. Some of you say an answer to prayer. You know, we run up against our limitations, but then we're freed for other things. I don't have to worry about that. I can focus on other pieces of my life. Where can I use my time to make a different world? Jesus' agenda, if we read through the Gospels, was never to take poor people and make them middle class or middle class people and make them wealthy. Jesus' agenda in the Gospel is to make wounded people whole. I mean, he says to the poor in spirit, he blesses them, blessed are you, and then sends them home still poor, but blessed. 
In the Gospel of John, chapter 14, verse 6, Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And Gene Peterson writes about this one who translated the message translation. He says, he says Jesus as the truth gets far more attention than Jesus as the way. Jesus as the way is the most frequently evaded metaphor among Christians with whom I've worked for 50 years as a North American pastor. Jesus as the way. Christianity is a lifestyle. Come to me. All who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Learn from me, for I'm gentle and humble in heart, and you'll find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Jesus is a rabbi, so there's two things going on for him as a rabbi. That means he's a teacher, and that means he has a way of teaching. And in Jesus' day, that was called your yoke, your, your, your method of teaching, your way of living. He says, my yoke is easy. Now think of a yoke. We put a yoke on animals so that they can do work, so they can work together. And that yoke, Jesus says, is easy. Together we can do more than if you try to do this on your own. My yoke is easy and my burden is light. Second, Jesus as a teacher would have had followers. In, in the Hebrew, we would call them a Talmidium. That, that means disciples. And they had three goals. Be like Jesus, become like Jesus, be with Jesus, become like Jesus, and do what Jesus does. Be with Jesus, become like Jesus, and do what Jesus does. It's relationship. How do you and I spend time with God, follow, and do what God does? The old line is that you walk so close to your, to your rabbi that you're covered in the dust of the rabbi. Jesus says, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. When I hear that, I, I, I have to think sometimes it's one of the most shocking verses in the scripture. Because Jesus has the weight of the world on his shoulders. Remember, John sees him come and says, behold, the one who takes away the sin of the world. And then Jesus says, no, my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. Wow. I have to confess, there are many nights that I wake up in the middle of the night as I'm concerned about the issues of the world or the issues of the church or the issues of my family, and yet Jesus says, my way is easy, and my burden is light. Frederick Dale Bruner, who's a New Testament scholar, says this about this kind of paradox of an easy yoke. He says, a yoke is a work instrument. Thus, when Jesus offers a yoke, he offers what we might think tired workers need least. They need a mattress or a vacation, not a yoke. But Jesus realizes the most restful gift he can give the tired is a new way to carry life, a fresh way to bear responsibilities. Not an easy life. Jesus never promised an easy life. I don't know anyone that gets an easy life, but an easy yoke. Wow. He goes on, John Mark Comer, one of the challenging things he says in his book is he says, most of us are just, if we would confess, too busy to follow Jesus. Life is a series of choices, isn't it? Every yes is a thousand no's. So just to get some perspective, 
When you think, I don't have time to follow Jesus. I don't have time to study. I don't have time to help the needy. I don't have time. These are some norms for the average American. The average American spends 705 hours on social media a year. Oh, that's like a month, right? A whole month just on social media. Wow. The average American spends 2,735 hours watching television, and most of us would say there's nothing on. There's nothing on. In a recent book, The Demise of Guys, the author found out that the average American guy spends 10,000 hours playing video games by the age of 21. You could have a master's degree with 10,000 hours. Hear this quote. Henry David Thoreau famously wrote, I went into the woods because I wished to live deliberately, to front the only essential facts of life, and to see if I could learn what it had to teach, and not when I came to die to discover that I had not lived. All that when we come to die, we discover we've missed the way Jesus gives us this gift. Come to me. All who are weary and burdened, I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Learn from me. For I'm gentle and humble in heart. And you'll find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy. And my burden is light. Well, let me give you just a couple action steps today. There's going to be four, actually, today. First one is this, just in a hurried life, and different seasons of life have different hurry. Uh, when, you're, when you've got a newborn baby, that's a different season of life with hurry. When you've got a teenager in high school, that's a different season of life and hurry. When you're headed to retirement, that's a different season in life and hurry. I mean, sometimes we think, oh, to get to retirement, most retired people I meet say, I don't know where my week goes. It's just, it flies by. So, Every age has hurry. So take a minute and breathe and recognize the season we're in. Now, today may not be the best day to go take a walk, unless you love to walk in the rain. But get out there and enjoy the beauty of creation right now. The leaves this season are just gorgeous. And every time I see the different colors, the thought that enters my mind is, I've never seen a color like in a window or anywhere else, that God didn't create first in nature. And if you look, you will find all the colors of the world out there that God has created. So enjoy the reality of God's creation. Here's the second one. I invite you to pray 1 Corinthians chapter 13, 4 through 7. This is the familiar passage. This is love is patient, love is kind, Love is not, does not envy, is not boastful or proud. Take those words, read them each day this week as a call to you to live a different life. What's it mean that God never says to us, look, love's in a hurry. <laughs> love's fast. But love is patient. And then if you really want to mess with that text, Insert your name where the word love is. Dwayne is patient. Dwayne is kind. Dwayne is not boastful or proud. It's humbling, right? 
put your name there. Here's the third one. I invite you to grow. We will be doing a class, Pastor Ben and I, on Wednesday nights at 6.30. And if you're, it's too much of a hurry for you to get here, you can join us online. We'll have a Zoom connection. Just email me at that address. We'll get you the Zoom link. For four weeks, we're going to work on the antidote to hurry. The first one is silence, which is really hard for me. But we're going to work on it together. The gift of silence and solitude. That'll be this Wednesday. And then last, I encourage you, uh, we did have our wine to water event, and we are working to get the, that clean water pipe finished in Nicaragua. If you want to give to that, you can do that on the website. Just under the give page, it says wine to water, and you can give 20 bucks or 50 bucks or whatever you feel led to do so that we can continue to support that ministry. Let's pray together. God, we confess we, we like when things go fast if they're in our direction. We like when the microwave dings and, every, and the, the popcorn is ready, when it's, when it's done so quickly. But life can be an instant. And if we're not careful, we will look around and have missed what it means to live, what it means to love, what it means to serve. Give us a grace for this moment that we might lean into your words, weary and burdened, and receive rest. Rest for our souls. May we learn the easy way where the burden is light. We pray this in the name of Jesus the Christ. Amen. Amen.